Oh, okay, so <laughs> to explain, <laughs> you you know, like all your gold, your diamond chains and such, mm-hmm. your diamonds, that's your ice, man. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what you, what that has to do with what you just said, though. Do you know? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Noah Wilder. And I'm Elias Chavez. Chavez. Anyway, and this is... You're going to go with that? Yeah, I'm just going to say Chavez. And this is our Christian viewing experience. And hey, Elias, how's the past one day been? (laughs) Well, excellent question, co-host Noah Wilder. Um, So, actually, it's been pretty good. Um, Yesterday, I was very sleepy. Today... I am not as sleepy. Mm. And I feel like I talk about that on all of these recordings, but that's beside the point. Anyways, to catch the audience up to date real quick, uh, Noah here is going on a little bit of an M trip over to... uh, (laughs) He's going on his mission trip over to Cyprus. Um, M trip. M trip. (laughs) Well, okay, some places you can't use the word missionary. No one in Cyprus is going to hear this, so it's fine. Right? Right, <laughs> Cyprus. Hello. Right, Cyprus. Please tell me. Um. Anyway, the point is, that, he's he's going to be leaving. I will not be here next week, so we are recording two episodes in one week, back to back, one day after the other. And so, Elias, what happened in the past day? <laughs> in the past day, um, well, uh, the tech industry's been hit hard. Um, because what? of the coronavirus. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to transition into news. <laughs> oh, dang. Well, yesterday, oh, wait. for me, since you don't care to ask, was a good day. Oh. I had a pretty good day. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm glad I you saw you. You saw did my see wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't see your wife. I had hibachi, so that was a good <gasps> time. You went to Fuji again? Yeah. Bro, I, I see you eating over there all the time. I eat there like twice a month. Dude, so. I see you over there all the every time you go. I feel like I see you over there. It, I, I see you there so much. Okay. Although I will say that chi- the it's like how much like seven something like eight something maybe nine something I don't know I don't for that chicken hibachi like that and you get so much that's honestly a pretty great deal. It is a good deal. Aside from that, it's my wife's birthday today. Happy birthday, Sarah Beth! But you won't be hearing this. My wife. On nope, your sorry, birthday. Sorry, that, that's, that's not wife. your wife. Stop. We'll be in Cyprus when you hear this, probably. So she's gonna listen to this in Cyprus. I don't know. I don't know if she'll ever listen to it. Honestly, I was gonna say like Our, that's a very large assumption. Yeah, I don't know. Well, happy birthday! Whenever you listen to this. <laughs> So you you're you want to transition in news, dude? Now. <laughs> I want to talk about this so badly. So the coronavirus, it's here, it's happening, <laughs> and because of that, there are all of these like thing like Apple, their big conference has basically been canceled. Google's canceling their thing. There's all these conferences that are supposed to happen every year that just aren't going to happen. But E3 is still on track for <laughs> happening, and I think it's very funny because E3 has like the worst track record when it comes to like keeping like people's information private and everything. So I'm just thinking about this, and I'm like, oh man, this is a really bad idea. But PlayStation has said that they're not going to be there for the second year in a row. Although that's old news. But regardless, that it's it's just, it's it's craziness. Like E3. <laughs> 
like at this point, why are you even holding it? Like, don't do you not realize? Like, hey, this is bad. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why they're still doing this. Anyway, okay. I just really wanted to share that news story. Oh well, I saw a news story the other day. Apparently. Um, the Hollywood industry, movies and things, has lost $7 billion due to the coronavirus. Yeah. How does the coronavirus interact with movies? No idea. But they've lost $7 billion. Well... I just read the the, headline. I didn't read the article. Oh, okay. I was going to say, dude, because as much... You got to think about it as, like population density. As much money as American movies make in America... It's that global, like, market, dude. Yeah, I know. And I'm just What's saying... What's that have to do with the coronavirus? The fact that the coronavirus... <laughs> China is the next, like, after America, like, the next people who watch movies, them Chinese. <laughs> and you know what? They're not going into large, open rooms to watch movies, like, enclosed spaces like that. But it's just... That's not... So, what you're saying is, potentially, because potentially. of the coronavirus... People in piracy has gone up. Uh, That's not. That's what I got. That's not what I'm saying. That's That's, what you're saying. That's my leap ahead, like five steps from where you were. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) by that, but you said that's what I'm saying, and that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that people in China have stopped going to movie theaters because they don't want to catch. I don't know, like the cold. Okay. Sorry, not cold. COVID. COVID nineteen. <laughs> that was a bad joke, but anyway, just just stop. <laughs> and it's fun that we're talking about coronavirus because I'm leaving the country in two days. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I gotta wipe down everything. It's gonna suck. Um, <laughs> uh, aside from that, my dad recommended a news story to me yesterday. <laughs> recommended? Yes. A news story? Yes. I sent him the podcast, and he was like, "Here's a news a news story." So I'm gonna read it. You've seen um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Uh, yeah. Not the whole movie. I've not seen, seen the whole it. movie. I've seen... You've I've seen, seen... You've practically seen it. Uh, yes. I've seen like 75 to 80% of it. Okay. Well, um, Quentin Tarantino says he will write and direct all five episodes of eventual Bounty Law series... Based on the Bounty Law series from the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. So he's, Quentin Tarantino is going to make a miniseries based on that is there any fake inf- TV show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that would be really cool. And that's honestly super, like, that's really on brand for Quentin Tarantino to be like, all of these things are interconnected and you as the audience are part of this world that I built. Anyway, um, sorry. No, it's, that's just so. That's just so his style. Event. There's gonna be a TV show inside of this TV show about yeah. the future, and it's just gonna be us watching Once Upon a Time it's in gonna Hollywood. Be, it's gonna be the audience. Um, so, did that article have any information on like where that would be released? Oh. I'm looking at it right now. You're going to fill in the times while I'm looking at it. Or I could just be completely silent, and it would be a really great bit for this audio podcast. That would not be good. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> okay. Wow, you are... How long is this article where you're still looking? 
It doesn't say. Okay. <laughs> cool. So the so the so the whole news story that you have is strictly Quentin Tarantino has mentioned no, that he, he, he it's like not a, he is going to make this. Oh, okay. So he it's doesn't stronger know where than it's going to happen. Okay. Like, is it going to be on HBO or Netflix or what? Mm-hmm. But he's going to do it, and he's saying that he is like, depending on what. TV studio he goes to, he is still willing to write and direct every episode of it. Okay. So, what do you think about that? (laughs) I think that it is a really good idea. I think, like I said, I think it's very much in line with Quentin Tarantino's style already. Um, Having, like, an interconnected world like that, that's just kind of what he does. He's, Quentin Tarantino is, like, a super nerd. That's that's just what he is. Okay, Um, why don't you tell me the concept of bounty law in the movie so I can understand what the show would be? Elias? Wait, wait, wait. So backing up right now. The TV show in the movie, what is it about? No, 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 no. no. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) My my question to you is this. Because I've not seen the movie. Okay, that was going to be my question to you. Um, I was under the impression... I, so you've not seen this. No. Did we go over this in the test podcast that we recorded forever that the audience is never, ever going to be allowed to listen to in a million years? Probably. Because we look through the Oscar nominations yes. and you're like, I've seen all of these but two. Yeah. I've seen two of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I wanted to see all of them. <laughs> but you wanted to... Do you, oh, actually, on that note, did you ever get around to watching? You did you did you or did you not ever watch Marriage Story? No, I never watched Marriage Story. Ah, dude. Okay. <laughs> it's just I'm living a Marriage Story. I don't need to watch it. That's for you single people. I okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did that offend you? I it didn't offend me. It just broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. What are you looking up I'm over looking, there? I'm going to Google to see if there's any... Okay. Basically, Leonardo DiCaprio, he plays this character in Bounty Law, okay? Rick. His name is Rick. And he plays a bounty hunter. Um, so did, and, did and, you not remember this from the movie? No, no, no. I wanted to see if there was any more details on this. Oh, okay. And it just... There's all there's, I, yeah. There, <laughs> GQ has an article on it. Esquire has an article on it. Esquire. Esquire. Why would Esquire have? An well, article? here's the thing. Oh, oh, actually, on that note, it's at? Esquire Middle East. It's not even like American. That's weird. It's okay. Specifically, the Middle Eastern branch of Esquire has an article on it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, so Leonardo DiCaprio, his character, Rick something. Um, he had Rick Dalton. There we go. Rick Dalton. He plays a bounty hunter, and he's a lone ranger type of guy. Like he goes out and he he sets the world right, so to speak. Um, okay. So that's that. Actually, the the show's title is basically everything you need to know. Bounty law. He is a bounty hunter, but also like like law justice. Like he goes out there, he fights for that. Yeah. He's like the Mandalorian. 
Look, not all westerns are the Mandalorian. No, I'm saying, but he's a bounty hunter that is doing the right thing. Okay, I mean, and yes, writing wrongs and, and stuff, wrong. <laughs> and things, and killing droids, and also killing that mudhorn thing. I was gonna say for is, no is, good reason. Is that what westerns do? Uh, probably not, but... (laughs) (laughs) My favorite episode of (laughs) The Lone Ranger is when he fights (laughs) IG-88. Anyway, no, he fights the bad guys, and he kills the animals that are terrorizing the village, or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Don't act like you don't. No, I'm not acting like I don't. I'm just also like, is this real, really, really? Okay, really well, not? I'm just going to move on from that. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a short news segment since it's only been one day. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I can fill up more time. No, you're good. All right, yeah. Wait, you have more news things? No, I was going to say I could like talk about my life more or something. Oh, but... no, it's too late. You lost your opportunity. I did, okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to talk about the coronavirus and look at where we are now. Yeah, because you jumped ahead. It's all your fault. Was it in my arrogance? Yes. In my anger? <laughs> what are you <laughs> quoting? <laughs> Episode 3 of Star Wars. He's like, he's like, Padme, is she alive? And Palpatine's all like, in your anger, you killed her. No. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly a weird like no. <laughs> Nobody. I've noticed the Star Wars series is so full of weird no's. Like that. Like Luke does uh, his no when he loses his hand and finds it, he's like Luke. I am. That's a father. good no. That's like he's a like, weird emotion. No. <laughs> no. That sounds more like the Emperor's no. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's so many weird no's in Star No one chesses Darth Vader's no in episode three is the weirdest one because he's like, no one says no like that. Like, that. Darth Vader doesn't even say no like that. Yeah. No one yells no. <laughs> no. What do you do? <laughs> like, you just, you, me yelling no just then? Yeah. I was like, so I was weird. consciously aware of how my lips should not be in that, <laughs> in that O sound while I'm making the noise. I was like, this is not how you make a loud noise. <laughs> no, I, but that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's such a weird in-joke of Star Wars that just, there's not a person who ever is just like, no one ever just says no and is like, oh, yeah, no, sorry, not feeling it today. <laughs> like, no, it's always some some weird, crazy, drawn-out thing. Someone out there, not me, should make an edit of every time someone says no in Star Wars. <laughs> and we'll we'll watch it and we'll do a commentary. On <laughs> do a commentary on our Patreon tier. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. We don't, we don't have a Patreon. Sorry that Elias just lied to you. I... Just... Wow, I'm so disappointed. Anyway. <laughs> Good job on the Christian content. Lying to the entire audience. I've probably done it as a joke, too. I'm sorry, audience. I'm <laughs> sorry, audience. Anyway, so here we are. Um, what's next? I think we're doing feature presentation now. Wow. We're now. Wow. Well, that was, that we're was fast. Like 30, 40 minutes into the podcast. Yeah, I know. Okay. So maybe we'll actually be shorter. Yeah, we've gotten we've gotten some feedback that tell us to be shorter. That told us like, hey, y'all are rambling. Audience interaction: Should we be shorter? 
Also, should Elias sing in every podcast? No. Just answer I the mean, question, I guys. Can. <laughs> There's like Just the email microphone us, yells back at us. Email us, tweet us at O V C E Pod. O C V E. What? Oh wait, yeah. O C V E Pod on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? The, the our, our viewing, viewing Christian, of the Christian experience. <laughs> We're not Christians. We look at Christians watching things and we think, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and we tell you guys about it for apparently too long. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Just tell us what you think, guys. <laughs> Anyways. So, I led last time. Yeah, so I'll start this time. So you time. go, you go. You so go. mine isn't really from a movie or a TV show or anything, but it is from like a common, at least American experience of like going to Disney, right? Okay. You've gone to Disney before. I've, right? I've been to a Disney. <laughs> You've been inside Disney. <laughs> now, this all makes sense because people say that, so I don't know why we're laughing. I've, I've been to a Disney. That's all that matters. Okay. Continue. I've, okay, so two years ago, um, me and my wife, girlfriend at the time, with a few... Cur- current wife. Yes, with a few of our friends, uh, we went to Disney World over the summer and... <laughs> okay. I'm good. I closed my eyes for a second and Noah falling, flicked me in the throat. You're falling asleep I as I told my, my story. It's not okay. Oh my god. I can't fill the I void feel, without you. I, <laughs> the void. The silence. Oh my gosh. That I did I hated that. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. I, I was I saw I relaxed and I was just you put your head back with back. your eyes closed and I saw your Adam's apple and I was like, I'm gonna touch it. <laughs> anyway. Continue. Uh, so we were going to Disney World, and it was her first time going to Disney World. And, by the way, my wife loves Disney uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> just movies, parks, everything. She loves Disney. She quotes Disney, and I have no idea what's going on half the time when she quotes Disney. <laughs> that, that checks out. <laughs> like yesterday, she called me uh, into a room in our apartment. And, like, I was in the living room. She was in a different room. And she goes... Hello? Are there any animals in here? And if you don't know, that's a quote from Lilo and Stitch. Very obscure, and I like. It's my favorite Disney movie. (laughs) I want to. I want to make that very clear right now. Lilo and Stitch is my personal favorite. Did you recognize the quote? Yes, I did. I smiled. Okay. Yeah, she said that when she was trying to get me to come to the room, <laughs> and so I had to like stop and like I know she's quoting something. I know she's quoting. What is she doing? <laughs> oh, it's when Lilo's doing the thing in the pound. I know what's going on. <laughs> so my wife loves Disney, and she'd never been to Disney World. Is the point? And <laughs> so we were going to Disney World, like, and we planned this like two or three weeks ahead, maybe a month. So, like, that's real short notice for going to Disney say, World. I was like, wow. Yeah. So, she was really, really excited to go to Disney World. Um, and, like, when we got there, she, like, started crying. It was, it was <laughs> She was very, very happy while we were there. So, I'm very happy we went. But aside from that, on the way down, we were, like, an hour away from the hotel we were going to stay at. Because we had a friend who was doing... Um, 
what you call it, work study thing in Disney. What is it called? College program? Yeah. The Disney college program? Disney college. So she was a cast member at uh, the Disney parks, and she got us a cheap hotel at the Disney parks and cheaper tickets, so that's why we could do it in under a month. But anyway, we were on the way down there, and we were like an hour away from the hotel, according to the GPS, and it's like 11 o'clock at night. Because it's like a 13-hour ride from Louisville. And we got stopped in traffic uh, one hour away. You okay? Your eyes are bugging out. Did you, are you crying? No, I'm not. You can look at me and distinctly see that I'm not. Crying I, that I was in traffic? My <laughs> homeboy was out there 12 hours away from my home. And I don't yeah, know. so we were 12 hours away from home, one hour away from the hotel. And we got stopped in traffic on the highway and it was every lane was stopped because a semi truck and a garbage truck hit each other oh my gosh yeah <laughs> so it took a minute to clear it out it actually took four hours to clear it out <laughs> so roughly a minute <laughs> yeah so we didn't start moving again until three something in the morning um so during that time i took a nap in the back seat okay. my wife cannot sleep in a car so she was just chilling with uh our friend michael who drove was agreed to drive mm. uh we paid him gas money so don't worry about that <laughs> so he michael gets out and talks to like the other people in the other cars and he got a free book and <laughs> from a guy that wrote a book and he just was giving it out to people <laughs> and he met a lot of different people and i was asleep the whole time but aside from that my wife, even though this type of thing would normally stress her out, was completely fine the entire time and even got out and talked to strangers and did different stuff, which, like, surprised me when I found out because that would usually stress her out a lot, <laughs> you know? Would that stress you out or would you be talking to strangers like I, this? Have you met me? I'd be talking... The, the only thing is it's 3 a.m. at that point. Yeah. So... I- I would be concerned for how I would be received by said strangers. Oh, other people are doing it. Okay, okay. As long so. as everyone's doing it, I'm fine. But, like, I think yeah. one guy gave him food that like he had in his car. That's... Because <laughs> we hadn't eaten since dinner. He had just, like, a bag of chips, and he gave it to him. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, not imagine. like he was cooking in the back of his car. No, no, no. I was just imagining he was like, I got some leftover chicken pesto. Like, I love chicken pesto. <laughs> Don't you dare tempt me with chicken pesto. <laughs> Dude, chicken pesto is so good. Anyway, so the whole point is my wife is okay uh, <laughs> during this time on the way to Disney. And so I wanted to bring up a verse that uh, plays into this a little bit. Um, it's James 1, 2, uh, and three, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Actually, I'm going to throw in verse four too, mm-hmm. and let steadfastness have its full effect, and that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, the idea is count it all joy when you face trials, and so my wife, who would normally be stressed out about four hours of traffic in the middle of the night. <laughs> It's perfectly fine, and you know why? You want to guess? Because of the Bible? No. Sadly, I... 
Oh, no. Because she was going to Disney? <laughs> yes, because she was going to Disney. So who cares about the four hours of traffic as long as you're still going to Disney? Yeah. Because of the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. She wasn't happy because the Bible. <laughs> anyway, um, so the idea is like the same thing. When we're living our life as Christians, we're just on the journey to heaven. We're going through the process of what's called sanctification, where we become more and more holy and more and more perfect. And that process isn't done until we die and we go to heaven and we receive a new body, a new mind, a new spirit, and all those things uh, that brings us into full perfection with God so that we may be in the presence of God. And so there's a lot of concepts in there that I hope we get to talk about someday. But uh, aside from that, the idea is that we're going on this journey to heaven, to our home, to God. And so when we encounter trials, yes, they're going to suck. They're not going to be good things there's still going to be trials they're called trials because they're not good um like four hours in traffic just isn't good it's not going to make you happy in itself but the knowledge of who you are in christ and the knowledge of where you're going and that you're being made new every day allows you to work through those trials with joy um it's not saying be happy that you get stuff in tra- traffic for four hours or be happy when a loved one dies or be happy when you are sick, when you need to be at work because you have bills due or whatever. It's saying even though those things are happening, you can still find joy because of who you are and where you're going and the growth that you experience from the trials and the growth you experience, period, every day, right? Yeah. Does that make sense to you? No, no, no. I see where you're coming from. Okay. Do you have anything to say about that? Anything to add? Why do you explain things so well? And then you just... <laughs> I want you to have stuff to say. Okay. So um, I explain everything so you can, like, interject and, like, say, oh, that one thing you said, let's talk about that. But <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just like, you always phrase it as though, like, do you have anything new you want to add? And I'm like, well, you can just no, talk to I don't have it. new things. I doubt everyone who's listening is going to completely understand what I was saying. Okay. Okay, so do you have anything to say? <laughs> well, in that case, <laughs> for the audience's benefit. Do you think, just say, if all you have to say is, that was interesting. Say that was interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting. Um, I, I think that as Christians, we often get caught up in two different extremes. Um, whereas, like, it, on one hand, um, we will often find ourselves in these places where we're like, oh, man, you know, like, I'm going through a hard time or whatever. And we completely deny the spiritual aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. Whereas... In other moments, um, and I guess even tying into that sometimes, when you're going through those really tough times, and somebody will come up to you and recite a verse like that, (laughs) and they'll be like, oh, don't worry, just count your trials as joys. And you're like, yeah, cool. But how? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, but that's the, but coming from that perspective, you know, there are the people who do that very well, and that's you know, they're very good at doing that, at counting their trials as joys. Yeah. And that is a skill. That is a spiritual blessing in a way. But also they can get so caught up in having that, like being able to like, oh, you know, like this persecution, you know, like I can count this as joy before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's a beautiful thing, but I don't know. 
get so caught up in that and in the perspective of that, they fail to see how that could be discouraging to other believers. So yeah. there's a bit of a give and take with those two yeah, and I think spiritual identities. What we just read in Acts 5, because we're going through Acts, people who are listening, uh, the bo- both of us are going through Acts. At the end of it, it just says basically, and all the apostles are beat up, and once the people who beat, beat them up left, they were rejoicing because they had suffered trials for their faith. Yep. So, like, they were actually, yep. like, praising God for it. And so, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a way different way of living your life in that, like, they're not enjoying it while they're getting beat up. But, like, afterward, they have the perspective to know that yeah. it's still a blessing and still good for them. Yeah. Um, even though, like, it's not in itself a good thing. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, Paul, he talks about, like, how, you know, like, basically he... Essentially, it seems like he'd seen, like, visions of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and how... Uh, not in Acts 5, to be clear. Um, but he, he's talking about, like, how he's, like, seen, like, visions of heaven and, like, all these, like, wonderful, beautiful things. But he also discusses how he has a, quote-unquote, thorn in his flesh and... Nobody knows what that thorn in his flesh was. But um, he, he talks about that, quite frankly. He's just yeah. like, but he also discusses why that's there. He just says that the thorn in his flesh is there specifically to humble him, to yeah. like put humility in him. Because I can imagine how being a dude who's on earth has like seen visions of heaven, I could imagine how that would induce a little bit of pride. I mean, Moses was a rather prideful man, but he saw God. Was Moses prideful? He sh- well, I, I'm, I'm. Moses was pretty timid. <laughs> Moses was pretty. T- but there are there are stories he, of like he got he prideful struck- later. He, yes, later on in life. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I, t- I think honestly I tend to focus more on the latter life of Moses just because the things that he deals with, like the anger when he like strikes the rock and the. Oh yeah, the that's why I just studied that uh, a few really? months ago. Not it's such right a, now. It's such an interesting <laughs> yeah. story. Um, God aside, still listened and like provided water for the Israelites, but also he was like, and also I'm going to strike a couple of little dead because Moses messed up. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, you did not bring up my favorite part of, about that passage um, about the thorn in the side. Oh, oh, back is to that. Is that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. I love that. Yes. That part specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I found another verse just thinking about this. Oh, I my gosh. Another verse We're that, riffing off of each other. <laughs> that exemplifies this idea way better than the verse I read before. <laughs> so I'm going to read it. It's okay. Hebrews 12 to, I'm reading the ESV version, the extra spiritual version. Don't um, even with me. English standard version. I'm, I'm an NIV purist, I admit. <laughs> what, what it, well, what does it stand for? The new international. No, the fake one. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's not extra spiritual, I'll tell you that. Okay. I, was, I don't, I, I don't, I just like international things. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to read it now. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so Jesus is like a perfect example of what happens in this kind of scenario. Uh, He had to suffer the trials and um, uh, this is... at the just the, the shame. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't say the word shame. I'm sorry. Uh, and the shame of the cross. And but because of the joy set before him, he continued on, 
uh, and so that he may, well, that he would um, take the right, the seat at the right hand of God. And so, like, it's the same exact idea for us. Is like, it's specifically saying in this verse, look to Jesus and how He did this. Yeah. Because we know where we're going. Because we know our place. Yeah. We can endure, and endure, endure, <laughs> endure all things. Uh, and Jesus, the perfect man, even endured, endured uh, death on a cross where he was despised for the joy set before him. Mm. Yeah, I think that fits it a little bit better than yeah. the one I did. I, 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 I agree. I think it's a little bit better verse. Yeah. But uh, now, now time to bring up like my, my favorite thing yeah, in the verse your... that you read. Oh. I've, always loved, I've always loved the bit in there about how it, he despised the shame. Because it, yeah. it does show that like even Christ, as a perfect example of the Christian walk, you know, he was perfectly in step with God, you know, because he was God. Um, <laughs> but it, it, the fact that he despised the shame, and even like right before he was crucified, there's the part where, you know, he, he's praying and he's just like, you know, like, Lord, you know, like, take this cup of suffering away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think that that's so interesting because it does show like this very human aspect of Jesus that I think is sometimes forgotten where it's like, you know, he, he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, there are all these like. I think that a lot of the times we forget that, like, Jesus was crucified and, you know, all of these, like, super holy images of him, like, you know, like, he's up on the cross and there's blood pouring, but he's still, like, like looking up to heaven, hopefully, or whatever. And it's like, he, he, the dude was bleeding a lot. Like, like he, he hated, literally like, said, my God, why have you forsaken me while it was up there? Yeah, he so. the he 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 was in a good amount of pain. Yeah, um, and I've just always found it interesting. Like, why? I don't know. Why, why do we so often forget that Christ did not enjoy that? Yeah, that well, was not his favorite thing in the world. That was like, like I, I don't I don't understand how we 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 look past that. Like there there is shame. Death in and of itself, like, there is shame and something to be despised in death. And yeah. Christ experienced that. And that's why it has no more power over us, is specifically because Christ went through that on our behalf. He experienced all of that shame for us so that he would be counted, or not so that he would be counted as righteous, but so that his righteousness would be counted towards us. And we would become his righteousness. Craziness. Uh, but what... <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy that we're his righteousness, honestly. But outside of that, uh, back to what you were despising the shame part. Um, what I always took that is is like it's not a good thing for God Himself to be shame, like mm-hmm. put to shame. Like people are ashamed of Him, mm-hmm. and like yeah, like what you're saying, death itself is a shame. It's not good <laughs> if God is life, then. Death is the opposite of God and therefore bad. And so, like, no, he does not like dying. And no, he does not like being, like, the name of God and, like, his uh, his name being put to shame. And that's good and holy of him to not like those things. Hmm. And so if you think he's going through all these things and being, like, happy that it's happening, then you don't have a right view of God, I would say. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Aside from that, I want to move on to your feature 
presentation. Feature presentation. So I don't think I'm going to be talking for that long today. I don't think we'll see what happens. It's okay. We'll, um, we'll do a shorter one and see if people like it more. <laughs> um, but yeah, so here we go. Um, I... Hmm. I want to talk about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And I'm going to talk about Harry Potter without mentioning any of the characters in Harry Potter. Uh, okay. <laughs> you just mentioned Harry Potter. No, I mentioned the series Harry Potter. I want to talk about Harry Potter. Now it's called Wizarding World. Thank you very much. Okay. Get out of Let's here. Not even... You're a fake fan. You're a fake <laughs> <laughs> You're a fake fan. <laughs> what? Ugh. What am I, why am I a fake fan? Because I... Because you wanted me to be? Yeah. Okay. As, as a member of the fandom, I can shame other members of the fandom. We should talk about that again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, what I want to talk about is the room of requirement. So, to explain this to anyone who is either out of the loop or just doesn't know what I'm talking about. In the, in the Harry Potter book series, at one point... It's um, um, in the Order of the Phoenix is when it pops up, I think. I believe so, Order of the Phoenix. Um, I think it's like referenced and you never knew it until then. Yeah. Before. Um, well, yeah, Dumbledore uses it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but point is, um, yeah, point is, I just, I, I want to talk about the room requirement. Because um, there's another name for it at some point, and I'm blanking on it. Um... It's like the the room of all things lost or something. Um, I'm looking forward. Please, please, please do. I, I'd, li- I'd like the actual confirmation on this. Um, but point is, I want to talk about the room requirement. Specifically, I want to th- put a little analogy, a little spin, a little pizzazz in there because of this idea of mercy and forgiveness. Maybe not so much grace, um, <laughs> but I want to talk about mercy and forgiveness and how they relate to the room of requirement. So now, let me explain what it is. So uh, the room of requirement is this special room in Hogwarts, um, which is the wizarding school in England in the world of Harry Potter. <laughs> um, yeah. So in Hogwarts, there's this special magical room called the room of requirement, and basically it becomes whatever you need it to become. Um, Even if you don't realize what it is that you need, it still does it for you. Um, Now I remember what it was. Dumbledore, he was looking, he mentions it briefly to Harry Potter in an earlier uh, book because he's talking about like, oh, you know, I needed to use the restroom. And And there it was. And there it was. it, it, the room is literally anything. Um, yeah. there, there are times where, like, somebody, like, Filch will need, like, a broom or something. And he's like, oh, it's like an extra, like, storage room or whatever. Uh, the whole thing in the I believe, the Order of the Phoenix, um, it, the room requirement becomes a very big thing because they need a large room to secretly practice uh, their magic, um, their defense against the dark arts. And the room just becomes a giant room with, like, training dummies and everything that they would ever need for expressly that purpose. Uh, Later on, when Dolores Umbridge finds out about this room and she, like, breaks in, um, there's a point where she's, like, wondering. She's like, oh, man, like, how am I ever going to get all the people who were, like, 
in here and like using this room and this isn't in the movies but in the books it mentions that like her eyes were like directed to this sign up sheet for it and so she had a list of everyone who was interested in using this room um anyway well if you are a student at hogwarts and you have made some type of mistake and you have something that you just want to forget about if you have something and you just want to throw it away and you want to put it somewhere where no one's ever going to find it, you can go to the room of requirement and it will turn into this room where in the books it, it says generations of Hogwarts students have thrown away things that they have like regretted. Yeah, it's like huge. It, it's this it's, vast room. Um, and I think that it's interesting because specifically there's an element of catharsis that I've always thought about with that. Um, because again, the room does whatever you need it to, even if you don't realize that it is doing what you need it to. Um, so if you have something, um, and you want to get rid of it, you can go to this room and you can drop it off. And as you're walking out, I'm sure you would like be walking out and you would look around this room and you would see all of these insane things (laughs) that like everyone else has like all these mistakes that were made. Um, Harry goes into that specific, I don't know, function, if you will, of the room a couple different times. And every time he's just, he sees like all of these different things that like, he's like, oh my gosh, like look at all these mistakes and thing, like all these blunders by all of these other students. Um, but anyway. Okay. So my idea, and how I'm <laughs> tying this into the idea of like forgiveness or mercy um, is just the fact that these students can go somewhere and just drop off their guilt. Mm. They can drop off their shame, and there's no condemnation in that way. Um, in the Half-Blood Prince, Harry and Ginny both go there, and Harry gives Ginny this... this uh, oh my gosh. You're good. Okay. I, I, he gives her this book that he needs to get rid of, and she hides it, so he doesn't know where it is. I, I was like, what's the shortest way I can describe yeah. this? Um, anyway, so she hides this book that he needs to get rid of. Okay, so... And and in that, like, he is no longer um, part and parcel of that. Like, he's he that's behind him now. He no longer has that, um, that book. Um, there are... There's just... And then there's this element of catharsis where it's just, like, suddenly, as a character... He is free of that, and not only is he free of that, but he sees around him like all of these other mistakes that were made by other students, and how all of this collective guilt has been placed there. And then, fast forwarding to the very last book in the series, um, I don't know if it's Crab or Goyle, but somebody <laughs> casts this insane fire spell and basically burns and destroys everything in the room. All of this collective guilt that had been dropped off in this room is in one foul swoop destroyed and completely removed. Um, So there is no more... um, There is no more guilt to be felt because none of those things even exist anymore. So... Okay. Um, So the idea is basically um, like coming to the throne of grace, right? Yeah. Like you can just 
go with whatever you have mm-hmm. and it will be taken away from you, right? Yeah. Because, and like the idea with the room with requirement is um, it, it knows what you need. And so mm-hmm. when you're going to it in that place where you need to get rid of something or you know something's wrong and you're trying to take care of it, it will, uh, it will give you a room where you can just get rid of the thing that is like either hurting you or putting you to shame or causing you lots of trouble. Uh, and you can just drop it off and it's gone. Um, and it's free access to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be like willing to understand that you need to get rid of the thing. Yeah. You have to know first. it's there. You have to go there. You have to be willing to get rid of it. Yeah. 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 And so you can't, it's okay. So is it like, keep going. Do you understand? Do you know the throne of race verse reference I was saying? Yeah, I, I understand the reference that okay. you're going for. I don't <laughs> so know the verse sure. off the top of my head, but Neither I do. I, so I'm looking at. <laughs> okay, um, I, I I did tell Noah as I was going into this. I, I was like, hey, I honestly I don't have any verses to point to. Um, I just know that I'm very generally talking about the idea of like forgiveness and grace. We're in um, Hebrews again. Woo! I, dude, Hebrews is such a good book. It's good stuff, man. Um, uh, I'll read NIV since you're doing it. I do love um, NIV. So let us... Oh, sorry. That was NLT. My bad. NLV, let us... Oh, my gosh. NIV, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mm-hmm. In our time of requirement. Oh, my gosh. There you go. <laughs> the throne. <Whoa>. What? <laughs> anyway. So, my, my thing here is this. To summarize my long-windedness, <laughs> I just simply think, hey, it's incredible that in the Harry Potter series there is this I I really I don't want to make the full comparison to say that it's like the throne of God in the sense that no it's not like it's forgiving them for their sins or anything Mm -hmm. that's not it's it's all metaphor it's all metaphorical and the metaphor does not complete itself yeah but I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that I think that it's beautiful that in in the Harry Potter world, there is this room, this place that you can go to drop off like your deepest regrets, <laughs> and you know, like not be held accountable to that anymore. Yeah. To be able to like leave that, and then within the world of Harry Potter, the room itself does not burn down, but all of the guilt, all the shame, all the all the sin, if you will, <laughs> that is held within that room at one point is destroyed. Yeah, so I I want to, like, say something, like, completely with that, is that, like, it takes all this shame okay. free of charge. Yeah. It just takes it. And now this room has all the bad things, all the shame, all the whatever yeah. in it. And then it it itself doesn't stop existing, and that shame is still placed on that room. Mm-hmm. But then it is used in a way that it destroys all the shame and all the bad objects and all the guilt that was thrown into it and that yeah. it freely took from the students there. And so that's the same way. That, like, lines up with God and that he, like, takes yeah. all the guilt and yeah. shame and then later 
like in the cross, he takes the punishment that would get would have absolved us of mm-hmm. that guilt and shame. Yeah. But because he himself, just like the room, didn't do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> just like the room. <laughs> the, he continues to exist. He continues to live where if we... This is where the metaphor falls apart. But if we <laughs> kept the guilt and shame and sin in our lives and we took the punishment, we would it would not be good for us. <laughs> and we would not... Uh, come back to life afterward or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm following what you're putting down. Yes. Yeah. Also, I looked it up. The room of requirements, only other name is the come and go room. There's no room of unending whatever. Unending whatever. <laughs> so, I don't no, know where it, you got that from. It has another name. I, I'm pretty sure, I promise, I think. Okay. I... I... <laughs> I don't think it does. I looked it up. I went to like four different fandom websites. I went to four different. No, and no. if the fandom doesn't think it exists, specifically with the Harry Potter fandom, if the Harry Potter fandom doesn't tell you, then it probably isn't true, because <laughs> they're a little too much. They're a little. Too- <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Um, be that as it may. Um. But yeah, I, I just I think that there is something to be said for that. Again, so for a little bit of distinction, forgiveness, grace, and mercy. So forgiveness is just kind of being like like oh you're forgiven, like you've moved past that. Um, grace is like if you've done something wrong, like in in the words of like using like more legal terms. Um, but if you did something wrong legally, if you if you I don't know stole something. Grace would, or I'm sorry, mercy would be like not being held accountable for that. Um, with forgiveness, like you can, you can be forgiven of something. Like, oh, you know, like okay, okay, like I forgive you, but you can still be held accountable for your mm-hmm. actions. Um, whereas with mercy, um, you would be like, if you stole something, like you wouldn't be held accountable for the punishment. Whereas with grace, that would be like if you stole something and the person was like, oh, like you know, like you're forgiven. Not only you're forgiven. But there's no punishment, and not only that, but hey, keep the thing as well. Uh, yeah. You need it more than I do, so to speak. Um, yeah. What what I always go to in explaining this is for uh, well, forgiveness, but I always say justice. Okay. Grace or mercy and grace. Okay. And the example is someone on the street walks up to you and punches you in the face. Okay. Justice is punching them in the face back. Okay. Mercy is too, even though they deserve to get punched in the face, that's why it's just for you to do that. Mercy is just not punishing them. Grace is saying, that was the best punch I've ever received. Here's $20. In response to that. What? (laughs) That's like complete 180 from like, here's what you deserve. I'm not going to give you what you deserve. I'm going to give you something you completely don't deserve that is also good is how those things track. And I don't know how that works into the room of requirement, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like mine more. No, just, no. You were just uh, doing, like, general uh, concepts. Yeah, not a, not a um, fan. Anyway, but I will say, I've, I've, I got it now. I figured out the name okay. that I was looking for. Good. The room of hidden things. Draco uh-huh. Malfoy refers to it as the room of hidden things. 
Because he doesn't know what it actually does. He just knows you hide stuff in it. Yeah, <laughs> because that's where he had the... Anyway, point is, we're not going to get into all that. But point is, it's the room of hidden things. And that I think that that helps me out a little bit, where it's just like, oh, like in one sense, it is this room of hidden things, where you go and you drop stuff off, and it is hidden. It is taken away from the rest of the world. But then also, it is... That's just one function of the room of requirement. Yeah. It, it gives you what you require. Yeah, but... Well, yeah, the room of requirement also is, like, I think the metaphor can build a little bit more in that, like, whatever you need, it's there. Yeah. It has it. It's not just taking away the shame and guilt or the bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's also, hey, you need a place to sleep. We got beds. Hey, you need a place. (laughs) Yeah. You need a place to practice magic. We have all the books and equipment you need. And so, like, it... It fills every need yeah. where you cannot. And so I think that builds into the the uh, the metaphor of room requirement equals God in some way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, aside from that. Equals God. So so we're we're done? Yeah, we're That's done. Feature presentations, even That's feature presentation. Neither of ours were was a feature. <laughs> that, you know what? That is true. That is true. We're slowly getting more off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, woo. Next time we, I think we'll just both do a movie. Yeah. Unless, unless we can't think of one. That would be <laughs> true. I mean, I really want to go see Invisible Man. Okay. I really want to see Invisible Man. And I, I'm going to really struggle to think of gospel themes in a horror movie. <laughs> no, but, but no, I can already think of one. His hidden love? No. Se- seeks no, us no, out? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I'll, it basically... <laughs> The, the enemy, the devil, mm-hmm. is like the invisible man. The prince man. of the air? What? What? Have you never heard him, seen referred I, to the prince of the air? Yes, I have. Oh, I was like, dude. Just let me finish my thought. <laughs> uh. Okay, so like in the, the premise of the movie is uh, girlfriend and boyfriend. Boyfriend's abusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she leaves him. And then the boyfriend comes up with a plan and he makes himself invisible, but it makes it look and it look like he killed himself. But then he's still like stalking and abusing her through the fact that he's invisible the whole movie. If you watch a tra- this isn't spoilers because we haven't seen the movie, and this is just in the trailers. Um, but like, also the premise of the original is nothing like that. Is nothing like this. But the original the, man is so different. The what because it's a horror movie and not a sci-fi movie like the original. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the, I think it plays into like the enemy, the devil. Mm-hmm. Like you often just don't see him and you think it's just circumstances or whatever, but like there is someone pursuing you and once you uh, are able to accept that as like a Christian, other people will look at you and be like, that's just a circumstance. Get over yourself. Yeah. Or, like, that's just your anxiety or whatever. But, yeah. like, it could be. <laughs> but okay. No, it could be. But, like, he does interact with us. He does tell us lies that lead us down the wrong path. So I, that's what I've <laughs> I pulled out right now from thinking about the trailer. Wow, that's dark, man. Yeah, I was trying to think of something like, oh, man, the gospel, and you're over here like Satan. I mean, the, 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 you can't really 
go tell the gospel without admitting Satan exists. So, <laughs> <laughs> why do I need Jesus? And you're like, well, uh, no reason really. Well, Just a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to, if you tell people about the gospel, you have to tell them about the fall. And if you tell them about the fall, you have to talk about the devil. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay, fine. Okay, so that's our invisible man feature presentation. <laughs> Mini feature presentation. <laughs> On the spot. Okay. Um, Aside from that, um, do you have anything you want to ask the audience? Um, since there is an audience now. Since there is now officially an audience. Um, okay. Uh, nothing really specifically. I just want to say, um, based off the day that we are recording this, um, we are a couple days out from a very good friend of mine's birthday. Um, so, Matthew Newcomer, I just wanted to say... Happy birthday, buddy. This is definitely going to be coming out after your birthday. Um, <laughs> like, undoubtedly is coming out after your birthday. Both birthday things we did this week. No way they're going to listen no, to it no on way, the no birthday. Um, but my friend Matthew, his, his birthday is coming up. I just want to wish him a happy birthday. And also, Noah. What? My friend Matthew. He's very into board games and card games. Oh my gosh, don't bring this up. Don't bring this up. Don't, no, not really at the would. end. <laughs> not at the end. Not at the end of the podcast. <laughs> don't bring up that game. <sighs> it, it, we'll just talk about it next time if you're curious. <gasps> yes, yes. If you want to know what we're talking about, you can email us <laughs> at ocvepod at gmail.com or tweet us at O-C-V-E space. You have to stop and think about it every time. <laughs> Thanks for interrupting the at. The, the at. <laughs> the at O-C-V-E space pod on Twitter. Or the same thing on Facebook. If you want to hear what, uh, what we're talking about, tell us and we'll explain it next week. Because... Elias has wanted to talk about this board game since the beginning. Oh my god, I want to talk about this board game so badly. But you're not going to. Not yet. Also, if you want Elias to sing us in next time, please tell us. Why are you pushing so hard for that every time? I want people to make you do it, okay? I want it to be forced and not natural at all. Yes. Also, if uh, you have uh, any questions or any comments on what we've talked about or if you have your own feature presentation idea uh that you want to talk about or even present to us or have us talk about or anything like that uh be sure to contact us uh we are on spotify stitcher google play apple play and on youtube so uh if you really want to help us out recommend us to a friend and follow or subscribe or whatever it is on <laughs> the podcast app or youtube uh thank you very much for listening elias you have anything you want to say i'd like for you to stop that okay, okay no so <laughs> ooh, the audio capture thought that was very interesting yes it did um anyways <laughs> But no, all I want to say is that uh, thank you all for listening. As always, um, it's your support that's going to keep us going and continue to inform us that this is something that we should be making. Um, So just thank you for being there. We really appreciate it. Um, Anyway, you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And it's a pleasure as always. So, goodbye. All right, we're going to stop recording. It's going to be really awkward like it is every time. Yeah. Bye. We hit the stop button.